This is the Life Truth Network. Welcome to Life Truth Presents, a clean fiction podcast. If it's clean fiction, it's fair game. My goal is to come alongside Clean Fiction Magazine over at cleanfictionmagazine.com. They sell their quarterly publications on Amazon. If it's not the type of thing covered in CFM, I want it to be here. That gives you, the listener, access to even more clean fiction. You could even hear interviews, game reviews, featured audio drama reviews, and some of the dramas themselves. I want this to be big. Welcome to Life Truth Presents, a clean fiction podcast. Today, we'll continue to get familiar with the show, take a look at Disney's musical Into the Woods, see how one man decides to take on the classics, and hear a wonderful application of a teaching of Christ. Now, don't forget, in March, be ready for that issue. The the summer 2023 issue of Clean Fiction Magazine is on the way. We'll be here in just a few weeks. Don't miss it, because the expanded version of Stronghold as a serial is coming out. Also, you will get to see the new audio drama review section of the magazine, and so much more. Also remember that until March 3rd, every Friday, there's a new past issue for free over at Amazon, so don't forget to get your free Kindle issue. It's the Kindle issue that's free. The ebook. Don't miss it. You don't want to miss it. This is the first real review I've done on this program in the format of doing a review. So I'd like to say this is how I'd like to do it. My guidelines or ratings or whatever you'd like to call it are similar to Clean Fiction Magazines. Get a free sample of Clean Fiction Magazine, that's any issue, from Amazon, and you should get a copy of those guidelines. The copy is going to be towards the beginning of the magazine. It's going to talk about the way that that magazine rates their stuff. I am going to do something similar, except mine are warning levels and here is what i mean i will mention when i do a review the clean fiction magazine letter rating Um, but then i will issue a content warning number rating those will be ranging from zero being absolutely clean which would be a clean fiction rating of n to five which is unreviewable for our standards in either the magazine or the podcast. A CFMDB rating. If it's a 5, I won't touch it, nor will Clean Fiction Magazine. It's not something we're going to cover because it no longer falls into the category of clean fiction. So here is a review of Disney's musical from 2014 into the woods it supposes that multiple fairy tales were in the same kingdom 
and affected each other. The movie has very little language. I can't remember any. It does have some suggestive themes, but they actually seem to be used to teach a lesson. There are no drugs. Uh, very little violence. The lesson taught, at least one of them, seems to be how we should all take responsibility for our own actions. Also, the fact that what we do will affect others is also a constant throughout the movie. Uh, especially at the end when everything is kind of moved on together. But, but they all interact together at certain points throughout the movie. You definitely get the feel that person one affected person three, and so forth. There is a place where the characters say, you decide what's right. Now, obviously, I don't agree with that statement. God decides what's right and what's wrong, not us. However, there is also a point where you have to use your judgment and hopefully your judgment is based on biblical morality. And so it's, it's not that you decide what's right, but you decide, is this right by biblical standards or is it not? So that you have to decide where you fall in the line of, am I going to do this, am I not going to do this, that sort of thing. As far as rating goes, I think I'd rate this an A by clean fiction standards. Um, we're going to call that a content warning level of one. As a slight concern, perhaps, but nothing terrible. The movie is available on Disney Plus and perhaps other areas. I realize many don't like Disney, and I won't be reviewing many Disney movies nowadays due to some of the standard differences. There are things in Disney movies now that would have never been in Disney movies in the past. But this particular movie has a lesson to teach. It's good, clean content, so I did review it. Today, let's look at something on YouTube that should be quite entertaining. I just found out about it. I actually got to hear it, uh, the first episode of it. It looks really good. It's called The Classics, read by Jerry Kokich, available on YouTube. Today, I'd like to introduce you to the person behind the show. Uh, like I said, I heard the first episode and was blown away by his vocal talent. I am also fond of the fact that he chooses the classics, which aren't full of filth. Uh, you know, uh, Jerry Baptist preachers don't tend to like filth. I don't know if you knew that or not. but uh, <laughs> Well, the good ones don't anyway. G ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Kokich. Good morning, Nathan. How are you, do how are you doing this morning? Uh, better than I deserve. <laughs> it's great to have thank you for having me on the show and for plugging my new little series absolutely so how long have you been doing this well this particular show we're now into episode i think about five or six so i've only been doing it for a few months but i'm doing voiceover stuff for oh heaven knows how long oh yeah yeah you're not you're no new you're no new name when it comes to uh voiceover work as a matter of fact you're one of the people on my quick list. Uh, also, uh, when we finally get Blackwater fully written, uh, me and my cousin, uh, Jerry has agreed to play Mark Shalland uh, on the show, who's like one of the main characters. He's the guy that actually ends up telling Blackwater who he really is. Although, 
writing from scratch is interesting because there's a lot of stuff that you got to put into play and, and that includes character backgrounds and stuff like that so we're having to uh we're actually having to get blackwater's in-depth character background out before we can actually uh get the real writing in we got to do that outline of course you're no no stranger to that having written the writer and and all that oh yeah now you know it's it's very interesting when you're writing something because you know a lot of people have a very specific way to do it you know they have like an outline they do this or do that i i i don't think i've written two things the same way i think the only thing that i really need to do when i write is i have to know what the ending is because i got to know where i'm going otherwise i can't start right that's interesting so okay so you said you've been doing voice work for a really long time uh as a matter of fact i happen to know and I, uh you played the Riddler in a Severn yeah. Studio yeah, Severn. Severn. Yeah. Uh, uh, did a fan production of Batman. Uh, do you have a favorite role that you've performed? Well, actually, I do. It's uh, one that's actually been produced, being produced by Gareth. Uh, it's it's in post production right now. My favorite novel is Treasure Island, and he came out a while back saying that he was going to do a version of Treasure Island. And I actually got to voice Long John Silver. No! Oh, yeah. Is that the, is it, is, is it anything like the voice you used to do your episode one of the classics? It's, well, actually, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of taste of it. Them that die will be the lucky ones. Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so much fun. And it, that is like a dream role of mine. But, uh, you know, I, got, I have a, a website that I used to update on a regular basis, but with friends like you and uh, giving me little bits and pieces and good parts here and there, it got so busy that I stopped updating it unless I had really major things. Right. And I was trying to think of what the first voiceover work that I did was. And as near as I can nail it down, I actually did one line on an episode of Cheers in no. 19... In yeah, in 1987, I am still getting residual checks for that. They're about ten cents each right now. Right. But yeah, I did one line, and that was you know eons ago. So, was your face on there, or just your voice? Just my voice. It was an episode uh, called "The Impossible Dream," uh, and it was uh, Kirstie Alley and, and Ted Danson were having dreams about each other. I think weird. And Kirstie Alley is listening to the radio and she's flipping channels and she gets a commercial. And my one line was, do you have red scaly patches in your facial folds? That is really weird. <laughs> yeah. So that was like the first one. That's great. Um, doing, doing the Riddler was kind of funny, though, because when I saw the audition notice, what I auditioned for, what I sent in a, a, an audition a tape of a recording was for Alfred. Because I do a British accent in so many different things. Yes. And apparently Gareth heard something in that. And he said, would you do the Riddler? And he didn't even ask, ask me to audition for it. He just said, you know, would you like to do the Riddler? And I'm like, well, yes, okay. <laughs> so, and I've already asked this to you personally, but just for the listeners, is this a career for you? Or are you like many of us who do it for fun, dreaming of more? Right now I'm doing it for fun. Right. Uh, I've actually, I actually got paid for a few things that I did. Uh, a friend of mine that I met through the web series that we did, The Adventures of Super 7, 
is actually a an Oscar and Emmy winning makeup artist. He worked on he won the Oscar for uh, Dick Tracy, and he's won a couple of Emmys for Battlestar Galactica, and he's worked on Star Trek for many many years. Wow! And I did I did a couple of um, tribute voiceovers for him which was really cool because he just called me and said hey can you do this and i'm like well yes <laughs> and That's awesome. you know having grown up with star trek it was that was one of those dreams oh, yeah, moments. yeah. So, but yeah right now uh i actually used to be a professional ballet dancer strangely enough i danced for the joffrey for eight years and now i teach and coach in los angeles how how is teaching how's that how's that uh working out for you Oh, it's awesome. I, I really have what I've always wanted to have as a teacher. I have some very, very talented uh, preteen and teenage students. I've sent, oh, I think, you know, seven or eight on to professional careers. Nice. And it's, I mean, you know, I'm sure you've had that, the same situation where you, and you're working with young people and you see them you know, really striving to improve themselves. And then when they finally get it, you know, when they finally accomplish something, it is so rewarding because, you know, children, children are wonderful. You know, they're, they're gifts from God. So mm -hmm. anytime you can help them achieve anything they want is so incredibly rewarding. All right. Well, let's get into your show. Um, the classics you voice it, uh, as uh, the first one you did almost a sailor type voice do you change the voice uh, depending on the character yes i do um, That's some what's of them awesome. <laughs> yeah some of them i do in in my normal voice you know the ones that are like if i'm doing a shakespearean sonnet or something but uh the first episode we did was the raven and we've moved i've moved on to casey at the bat which is one of my favorite poems that's in my normal voice there was an article printed, an editorial, was it 100 years ago almost now, <laughs> called Yes, Virginia, There is a Santa Claus. I have heard, yep. And I've heard that's of it. one of the episodes. Oh, wow. Uh, one of my other favorite poems is Gunga Dean from, by Rudyard Kipling. And I did that in sort of a low-class British voice because it's, you know, basically being told by a soldier. And so, you know, it sounds, things like, you know, though I've belted you and flied you by the living God that made you, you're a better man than I am, Gagadin. Things like wow. that. And last night I recorded the latest one, which is the opening soliloquy for Richard III. And I did that in a fairly standard British accent. And I'm going to probably stick with mostly poetry. But if my uh, viewers, my listeners, have any requests for stuff i'm more than uh open to those but you're more along the lines of doing the shorter things versus the the longer chapter type stuff oh yeah i think the raven's probably going to be the longest one i did i think that was like eight minutes okay. but uh like casey and the bat i think is three so you know i want to keep it short because you know when you're searching youtube for things to watch i don't think anyone's going to click on something that's an hour long unless right, that it's makes sense. very very specific to them right so you know, the the web series we did was, you know, five to seven minute episodes. And those things, you know, people can just click on and, and enjoy very quickly. Mm -hmm. So do you have uh, like a particular reason you choose a certain classic? Is there a message you want to portray in it? Or maybe it's just fun or or it but it, it do you have a, a 
I, I, like I say, do you have a method to your madness as far as choosing what you record next? Well, first I go to the ones that have always been favorites of mine. But I do think it's important that there are some messages in there. Like, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus as a definite message. And most, how to put this, I was watching something the other day about script writing. And it said that the really, really good scripts, the really, really good productions have some kind of philosophy in them somewhere. And I realized that a lot of the stuff that I liked to watch when I was a kid had either philosophy or information. For example, you know, you have a lot of uh, B horror movies. And I used to love the explanations that some of the scientists would make because it would make me think, oh, I wonder if that's true or you real. Say, look it up. Yeah. And I would go look it up and I'd, I'd, I'd learn something. Or if there was some uh, revelatory moment in a movie or, you know, some character reached some kind of epiphany, I'd be like, okay, that's interesting. I, 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 I that means something to me. Oh, you mean so, like, you mean like the final scene in uh, the Sun Worshippers episode of Star Trek, which is like my favorite scene in all of Star Star Trek? Yeah. Because it's not the sun in the sky they were worshiping. It's mm -hmm. the son of God. I'm like, yes. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a, a lot of the great science fiction, you know, they're, they're allegorical tales. Yes. And, you know, you, you need that, especially nowadays. I think we all need, you know, some messages that uh, comfort them. It's funny. Another line from Star Trek is, is great. You know, we assume you have a deity or deities or some uh, beliefs that comfort you. And that's, that's necessary. I learned a lot from Star Trek. <laughs> Star Trek was pretty cool. The original stuff. And I like the newer stuff, but they've added some stuff that I don't like in it. So, you know, but I'll still well, watch it. But Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the original, they had such really great real science fiction writers you know harlan ellison dc fontana these are people that wrote their novels first and then got into star trek do you know the story about harlan ellison and I city on the edge of forever okay so i i think it was city on the edge of forever they they called harlan ellison in and they were going to tell you know they were talking about adapting one of his stories for star trek and the way the story goes was he was seated at the end of a long conference table and Gene Roddenberry was seated at the other end. And in between, there were a couple of other Star Trek officials on either side. And Roddenberry made the mistake of telling Ellison how he was going to change his story. Uh -oh. And Ellison was getting more and more angry. And the way Ellison tells it, he said, I realized that if I tried to run around the table to get to him, they would stop me. So Harlan Ellison jumps up onto the table, dives the length of this table, grabs Roddenberry around the neck, yelling, I will kill you. I will kill you. Oh, my. Yeah. And they still kept the story. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Ellison <laughs> was like that. Ellison was a bit of a um, he thought a lot of himself. I was at this one convention where Isaac Asimov was speaking. Whoa. And he was talking about uh, a meeting of writers somewhere. And he was talking to some other writer and he pointed to Harlan, Harlan Ellison across the room and he goes, look at Ellison with his high IQ. Let's kill him. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but Ellison was also, I mean, City on the Edge of Forever is just an incredible episode. 
Which one is that? Because I can't. That's the one where they find this. Is it the Guardian? Thing. No, they find the Guardian. Yeah. And okay. they're standing there and it has some of the greatest dialogue. You know, they say, Kirk says, well, what is it? And the Guardian goes, a question. Before your son burned hot in space and before your race was born, I have awaited a question. And you think to be able to write something like that is just amazing. Mm. Yeah, it would be nice. <laughs> it would be nice. It would be great. Actually, uh, you, you mentioned Isaac uh, Asimov. Yep. I get the S and the M confused sometimes. But <laughs> uh, his book, The Stars Like Dust, is really what got me into reading. Really? Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was just, it was a great story. And then, you, of course, you find, oh, there's more. There's tons more. And, of course, now, oh, yeah. I'm, now I'm reviewing uh, fiction for Clean Fiction Magazine. And I'm reading books you know, there, and a lot of them are Christian, not all of them, but they're all clean. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like, man, these are great stories. There's some great stories to be told. And yes, the classics also have some great stuff to be told. Now, the one thing I, I have trouble with on the classics is, and this is not against you, it's just against the literature. Mm -hmm. Some of the language is a little hard to understand. And that's funny from the preacher that preaches out of a King James Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, archaic dialogue in things like Sherlock Holmes and all this other stuff. And one of the things I noticed, and I fall into this habit when I'm writing, is that in classic literature, sentences get very, very long. And if you're used to shorter sentences, by the time you get to the end of a sentence that's, you know, two or three lines long, you kind of forget what it started as. It was this, there was this one guy that, I mean, he would like, it, it was grammatically correct. Yeah. But they were compound, compound, compound sentences. And I cannot remember who it was, but it was like, oh my. Well, there's one, and I can't remember the author either. There was one sentence, and it's probably on some website somewhere. <laughs> that was an entire page long uh -uh. and it had hyphens and semicolons and parentheses and ellipses and apparently it's grammatically correct but it's it's a page long and i tried to read it at one point i got halfway through and i'm like okay i gotta go back and have notes you know and once once i once einstein read it he said that's the theory of relativity i can do it now <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's the answer Man, it was really great having you on. Uh, unfortunately, real life calls, which I'm not a, well, I'm I'm a fan of what's happening in real life. I'm not a fan of doing dishes and laundry, but that's calling my name. So, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me on the show. It's really nice to have somebody like you to talk to. Jerry is a great voiceover talent. He's on my quick list of people I need to voice uh, for something. He's always able to jump in and volunteer his time. He's a great guy. I really enjoyed the interview with him. Every episode, I like to go old school with you. Sharing an item of clean fiction that is still, after so many years, worth your time. Today's classic is also the feature presentation. Old Time Radio has some great stuff, but every once in a while you find some gold. The greatest story ever told was a series done by the Armed Forces Radio Service and dealt with the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. My favorite episode that I've heard so far is the one that focuses on when Jesus said 
if thine eye offend thee. The greatest story ever told. Presented by the United States Armed Forces Radio Service. A drama of moral courage in face of temptation, based on a teaching from the greatest life ever lived. If thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. set forth a strong moral doctrine, but people of little courage have misinterpreted it in order to avoid the true challenge which he presented. Our drama begins on one of the rugged little fishing craft that glide across the Sea of Galilee. A fisherman, face burned brown by the sun, sits aft, guiding the little boat toward shore. His son sits beside him. Father. Yes, Daniel, what is it? More questions? I... I hope I wasn't a nuisance. No, of course not, son. Go on. Anything you want to know, just ask. I wasn't going to ask. Only to say that... This is a pretty large catch today, isn't it? Well, I had you to help me, didn't I? <laughs> You'd have had even more if I hadn't let that net slip the last time. Oh, don't worry about it, Daniel. It takes a long time to make a fisherman. And even some of the oldest make mistakes. Why, before you were born, old Elisha, a better fisherman, never lived. He took his boat out on a day when everyone else feared a storm and never came back. Yes, this peaceful sea of Galilee can conjure up a squall so quick that every fisherman's life is in danger every time he goes out. It's a good thing it didn't storm today. I, I... Uh, you'd have been afraid. <laughs> no, it's nothing to be ashamed of. So would I. Oh. There'll be a lot of money tonight, won't there? And what do you mean by that? Well, I didn't mean anything, Father, but, but with such a large catch, surely it must amount to a great deal of money. It will. Then we'll be able to buy some of the things that... Is that why your mother sent you along? But please, Father, I didn't mean to say anything. I thought you wanted to be with me to learn my work. But instead, your mother suggested this, didn't she? No, Father. I know she did. Please, Father, she didn't. The idea is on my own. And the reason? I... No reason. Look at me, son. Yes, Father. Why did you want to come along? It 
wasn't for myself. What does that mean? Father, it's no use. I have to say it. We need things. Mother and Deborah and I. And if you can catch so much fish, well, we should have more than we have. And who appointed you the overseer of this family? I'll tell you what you should have and not have. And you won't tell me what to do with my money. Is that understood? Yes. We'll be to shore soon. Yes, Go on, Daniel. Yes. 
Uh, what is the most pleasing and enticing sound in the world? A woman's song? Or the rustle of the wind in the trees? Or the watery fingers of the lake caressing the side of your boat? No. Uh, I think I know. The click of the dice in the leather cups at the gaming table, eh? Come on. And this will be a lucky day for you, Amos. I know it will. You're wasting time, Jared. Come on. Uh, I'll get a part of your winnings for telling you about Nathan. Yes, yes, but come on. a long time, Daniel. Yes, Mother. What did he say? It was... It was some matter with another man. He sold the fish. He got paid. I told you that. Then I can't understand it. He should have been home a long time ago. He'll be here, Mother. And with a great deal of money. A great deal of money. You don't have to say any more. You know? Yes. I knew from the start. But I always hope that the next time it will be different. Oh, he's such a good fisherman, Mother. He knows just where to fish. His catch was the best I saw in the marketplace. Yes. He's a good fisherman. And the way he handles the boat, Mother, you'd be proud of him if you saw it. Yes, I know. And you're trying very hard to make me forget what he's doing now, but you can't. Every time he's off at the gaming table, losing the money that should be yours and Deborah's, I feel as though I bleed inside. He has no right to take what's yours and waste it. Please, Mother. Oh, why does it have to be this way? There, that must be him now, Mother. And he wasn't gone so very long. Father? Father? Well, both of you. You've been waiting for me. You've been talking about me. Haven't you? Well? Yes, Amos. We've been talking about you. First, you sent him out on a boat with me to spy on me. Oh, no, Amos, no. You did? It was the boy's idea. He wanted to go himself. Believe me. Well, I don't believe you. Please, Father, it's the truth. The two of you, you're against me. I can tell. You talk about me. You plan on ways to keep watching me. Well, I don't like it. Father, I swear it was... I've had enough out of you. Go out to bed. Yes, sir, but you must believe that... Don't contradict me. Yes, sir. I'll go to bed. Amos. I'm sorry, dear. I, I don't know what came over me. If you'd seen him in the boat today, the way he took the rudder, you'd have been proud of him. I mean, he reached shore, he jumped in to pull her up in the sand, and he did it. He's strong. I, I had no right to reward him with a slap. He's so proud of you, too, Amos. You should have heard him talk about you before you returned home. Why do I do it? Is it in me that makes me feel different when any matter of chance comes up? I was going to buy him something. Anything he wanted. I was going to buy things for you and Deborah. Then we met Jared. And he told me... Well, why don't you ask me if I won? You lost. Even before you took the dice cup in your hand. You lost when you listened to Jared. Yes. Yes, I lost. And now I'm back home. Nothing to show for a hard day's work. Don't you understand, dear? 
I lost every bit of 20 pieces of silver. Well, go on, say something. You want me to reduce it? I deserve it. I won't give you the satisfaction. But there must be something you can say. You're like a child, Amos. You always were. You do something wrong, and then you think you'll pay for it by being punished. But you don't. You can never pay for what you're doing to Deborah and Daniel. It isn't as though I wanted to. I know. Then what can I do? Perhaps you listen to the words of one who could help you. But you wouldn't come with me that time. You mean when the master was here? Yes. And what did he say that could possibly help me? He said something that could help. Listen, Amy. Somehow, 
in some way, the master's word will be proven to you. having you along again? <laughs> of course I didn't mind. Uh, this load of fish is even bigger than we caught last week, isn't it? Oh, yes. And this time I didn't let the net get away from me. I did it just like you told me. A strong grip and feet well braced on the deck. Why, before you know it, you'll be one of the best fishermen on the Galilean shores. Maybe even have a boat of your own. Uh, I'd begin saving money for one if I thought you wanted to be a fisherman. Oh, I do. I do. Good, good. Then we'll lay aside a small amount each week, and before long... Yes, Father. And before long... I... I shouldn't promise, son. I have no right to promise. Father, whatever happened to you to make you as you are? It... It's like catching a disease. And for this one, there's no cure. Here, put the fish down here, Daniel. Yes, <clears throat> Micah! Micah, come here and look these over. Oh, you again, Amos? <laughs> and look at that. Are you a fisherman or a magician? Why do you find them so large? Well, never mind the flattery. The price? Eighteen pieces of silver. Twenty-five. Oh, too much, Amos, too much. Twenty-three? Sold. Here you are, Amos. And I heard about what happened the other night. In heaven's name, Amos, why must you gamble away your... If I have to listen to advice, the price will be higher. Ah, here you are. Pour them into this leather pouch. Yes, sir. And now tie those strings tight. Tight enough to hold till you get home, Amos. My guy, I told you. All right, all right. Come along, Daniel. Yes, Father. Well, they never let you alone. Everybody always picking on you. If only they'd forget about it, maybe I would, too. What did you say, Father? Uh, nothing, nothing. This time, we'll go straight home, Father. If you're in a hurry, why don't you go over yourself? It's not that I'm in a hurry. I... Well, then don't be so impatient. And be quiet. You talk too much. Yes. But this way, Father. Wouldn't you like to go this way? What's the matter with you, Daniel? Why do you suddenly... Oh, I see. So you saw him coming. Oh, please, Father. You did. And you don't have to be afraid to admit it. Uh, Amos, it was too bad about the other day. Wasn't it, though? How was I to know? just happened to be Nathan's lucky day. But today is another day, Amos. You know how luck is. It swings back and forth, changes like the wind. And from which direction it'll blow today, nobody knows. Except that it can't always blow the same way, can it? I'm, I'm not interested. It's your own money you'd be winning back. No, no, it, it's no use, Jared. I'm, I'm going home. Amos, I'm surprised. I've seen lesser men become afraid, but not you. Maybe that's why you've been losing all the time. You shake the dice with a frightened hand. Oh, you must be firm. Luck is with the courageous, Emma. I'm, I'm not afraid. Good, good. Then this is your day. If you've got the courage to play for good stakes and shake the cup strongly, the dice must fall your way today. They must. Come on. No. No, Jared. If you only doubled the money you have, that wouldn't be so bad, would it? Uh, doubled it? That's not so difficult. The other day, Nathan tripled his, didn't he? 
Yeah, that would make up for... Uh, no. Whoever became rich or famous by saying no to everything? Come on, Amos, this time you must win. What do you say? Uh, uh, Daniel, perhaps you'd better go along. Father... Go along, Daniel. Yes, sir. Look out, Daniel. Uh, Say. Say. Here, let me brush you off, Uh, Take your hands off of me. You didn't bump into me. Did he hurt you, Daniel? No, No, I'm all right. Well, I'm glad of that. Well, goodbye. I I must be off. Uh, Daniel, you're sure you're... Wait. The money pouch. You didn't have it, did you? No, you get it. Where is it? I I had it right here, and now it's... I know. That man, he's a thief. He ran into us on purpose. He stole my money while he was supposed to be brushing me off. But we'll have to catch him. Wait! Stop, please! Stop, please! Gone much farther? No, we chased him all the way out of town and up into the hills. But if he started up this hill, he can't come down without our seeing him. This hill has a sheer drop on the other side. Is that him up there, Father? See that figure moving? Yes. Yes, that's him. Come on, Daniel. Come on. Would be wonderful. 
Maybe now you'll understand one of the reasons I let that thief go free. What does he have to do with it? Well, I have him to thank for leading me away from temptation. Otherwise, I would have gone with Jared. And I would have lost it all. I know that, son. He showed me how to do something that I could never do before. I don't understand. Your mother asked me to cut myself off from temptation, according to the master's words. Now I know how. From the marketplace, I'll go around the town. This way. I won't pass the inn where the gambling table is. I won't meet Jared. And that's how I'll cut my hands off from temptation. That's what Mother meant. She was so sure. And you can do it, Father. I know you can. Yes. What happened today by accident will happen every day from now on by my own doing. I'm leaning on a crutch now, going the long way around. But someday I'll be so strong that I can pass the tavern and defy them. You and your mother must be patient with me, Daniel. And keep reminding me of the words of the master. The words I thought I couldn't follow. I know how to abide by them now. And I will. I'll say them to myself over and over again. If thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire.
I offend thee. Another episode in the greatest story ever told from the greatest life ever lived. I love the idea of it mentioning stay away from temptations, if at all possible. This is exactly what the teaching was about. It means that if we have to inconvenience ourselves, so be it. It's better to be inconvenienced now than to deal with sin on Judgment Day and lead somebody astray. Fiction is amazing. It's Tales thrill, chill, and sometimes teach great lessons. However, fiction is not an end-all be-all, which is why every episode I want to share with you a non-fiction item that is worth your time. Today, I want us to look at Stand to Reason. It is a podcast, it is a radio show, and it is freely available at str.org. Str. Org. Go over there, check it out, and what you're going to find is you're going to find apologetics from a thinking man's standpoint. You're going to not find dumbed down stuff. You're going to find great, truly amazing material that you will be able to use to help your Christian life. And now... A gospel moment. Sin is rebellion, disobedience against God. Romans 3.23 tells us all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. His standard, his expectation, his requirement. It's not that hard to figure out. Sin is treason against the creator. Ask any U.S. president how many times you can commit treason and still be okay. The answer is always zero. Romans 6.23 tells us the only thing we earn with sin is death. God offers an alternative, eternal life. Romans 5.8 tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, demonstrating to us God's love for us. We will never understand how much this event showed his love until we realize just how much God hates sin. We can't understand that fully until we get to heaven, loving righteousness and hating sin as much as God does. But we can get a glimpse. Isaiah 64, 6 paints a pretty good picture. Any righteousness we try to do apart from God are filthy rags. That means we cannot earn heaven. It's not possible. It can't happen. We can't bribe our way in. We have nothing God desires. Romans 10, 9-13 tells us that if we confess Christ as Lord, calling upon Him for salvation, forgiveness, mercy, He will hear us and save us. This means that, one, God wants to save sinners, and two, God is willing to save you. Don't wait. Trust Christ today. 
Hope you enjoy the show. You can find me and all the other Life Truth shows over at life-truth.com. Check out Clean Fiction Magazine on sale at Amazon or find out more about Clean Fiction Magazine at cleanfictionmagazine.com. If you'd like to support this podcast, head on over to patreon.com slash theprotectorate. Please also consider donating to Clean Fiction Magazine as this helps keep us able to share the word about where you can keep finding clean content. And trust me, we need that. If you want to donate to them, that's at patreon.com slash cleanfiction. At cleanfictionmagazine.com, you can also submit a fiction book or audio drama title for them to review. However, also, you can submit clean television, movies, video games, old-time radio, kids' content, and anything else that doesn't fall into the Clean Fiction Magazine category, you can submit all these things at life-truth.com slash submissions. Thanks again for listening.